Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our fifth season, we are looking at Joe Johnston's 2011 film, Captain America the First Avenger. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. Pete is still out sick, but fingers crossed he will be back next week. Today, we are talking about Minute 40, which begins with Peggy in the street watching Kruger driving away and ends with Steve mid-leap over a gate. Will he make it? Back on the show, sadly for the last time, uh, we have Nathan Blackwell and Chrissy Lenz from the most excellent 80s movies podcast. Hello, you two. Hey there. Hello. I think he's going to make it. I don't know. I have no proof. <laughs> I need to see proof. It is It is a tense uh, way to end this. Talk about a cliffhanger. I mean, yeah. I don't remember many more movies after this. <laughs> yeah. What happened to this guy? <laughs> he jumps up to jump over this uh, chain link fence. And the minute ends. Uh, man, cliffhangers. We've had a lot of cliffhangers this week, I tell you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that is great to see is just how good a shot Peggy is, though. Oh, yeah. She is capping fools. Yeah. No, she's the best. And, like, everybody else is is running around like, whoa, we don't know what's <laughs> happening. And she's just, like, calm, centered. She's taking one shot. She's not panicking at all. I, I love these moments for for Peggy. Well, and I mean, this is coming after an explosion, right? Like we didn't even mention that. Oh, we have Kruger, who I mean, he's in the car with his driver, clearly hurt from his uh, from the bullet she's already shot him with in his shoulder. He turns around and he flicks his lighter again and hits it and blows up a car. This was one of the cars that had been in front of the antique store and blows it up. And she turns around, reacts to it, and then instantly turns back draws her draws a, a bead on the the driver and shoots him. I mean mm-hmm. she is calm, cool and collected. And she's doing this all in heels. I mean she would she absolutely would have had him like the moment where she's playing chicken with the car uh and he's driving at her and she's going to shoot him. Um like I believe she would have got, I think she would have gotten hit by the car absolutely but she would have got him. Uh, and and taking him out. Yeah, you get a sense that the mission is more important than her safety. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that sense of that, yeah. And that she is just capable. You know, she's, she's not a super soldier. Nobody gave her any serum, but she is capable. She's fully capable, fully worthy of the super soldier serum she gets in What If to become mm-hmm. Captain Carter. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think as I watch this over and over again, we have the car blowing up right behind her. Do the two of you, I mean, it looks like she is there. Do, do the two of you have any sense of, of kind of anything that gives away if Haley Atwell was actually standing right uh, in front of this car that blows up? Because it really, I mean, you see her hair move from it and everything. It feels pretty authentic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's a pretty long lens, too. Like, my guessing is that I mean, if it wasn't, re- if it wasn't actually happening, it looks really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would say that she was there. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, they could have put it on a longer lens to bring her closer to the camera, farther from the actual exploding cars, just to keep her that much safer, you know. Mm-hmm. And obviously, yeah. I mean, demolitions experts in film, they know how to blow things up in ways that keep things safe. You know, like they're not going to put, they're going to put all that, the candy glass in uh, and everything that they can do to kind of keep stuff from flying at her, even though the car is doing its thing. Mm-hmm. 
no, I think I think it looks great. She reacts. I just love the way she reacts through all of this. And and so she shoots the the driver of the car. He crashes into kind of another car. And uh, and at that exact moment, a taxi cab happens to be pulling up. And uh, what I love about this moment, well, I want to talk about the driver in a sec, but we get a great shot of the, the cab door as Kruger takes his car and is called, called Lucky Star Cab Company. And the logo is just perfectly designed to have a star in the middle and the words <laughs> in a circle around it. I, I just feel like, you know, is this going to come into play more? What What are we getting out of this? <laughs> What did you two think of the way Cap- this cab Captain works? Lucky Star Cab? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so I, close. We could have been that, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the costume department just having a little, a little fun and just kind of indicating, you know, um, uh, finding a way to kind of have that little moment in our mind starting to percolate. Ooh, when is he going to shield? Wait, did you say costuming department? Oh, I guess it'd be the art. Yeah, the, yeah, the art department. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to call you out. I was like, would costume people do that? <laughs> they get to dress up the cars too. <laughs> They're overstepping their bounds. <laughs> Uh, jumping back to our driver, the New York taxi driver weirdly is uncredited. I'm not sure why. He has a few lines. I guess they probably were just added in later, you know, as he's talking about the fact that this driver's been shot, stuff like that. The driver, however, is Colin Stinton, um, a British actor. Again, so many of these background people are British. Um, he actually, oh, I shouldn't say British. He's actually Canadian. Um, but so he, a lot of these bit players have fairly small IMDB listings. He is actually a very, very robust, uh, he has a robust filmography. He's been in, uh, 59 TV projects and he's been in 35 movies, not to mention video games and all sorts of other stuff. But I mean, he's been like, he's been in films back since the verdict in 1982. So clearly somebody who's been in, doing a lot of great stuff, his for known for, I'm not going to quiz you two on his imdb known for since i i unless unless you happen to be big <laughs> colin stinton fans are either of you a huge colin stinton fan and you want to guess oh, i'm such a stinton head i'm i'm a ride or die yeah. and i can't stand him in anything he's in <laughs> as soon as it's like this that's really why you don't uh, come back to watch it really this film. took me out of the movie <laughs> Colin Stinton, uh, he was Dr. Dave Greenwalt in Tomorrow Never Dies. That was the first of his known fours. He is Neil Daniels in The Bourne Ultimatum. He plays Teddy Mayer in Rush. Again, another actor who popped up in Chris Hemsworth's uh, car racing movie. And he was the customs officer in Closer. So he's he's in big things and he plays big parts. And so it's interesting to see uh, that this is a person who is doing not just a small role in this film, but ending up uncredited. It's it's strange to me that he is uncredited for this. I think he's like in 20 frames. He's hardly in it. He is <laughs> yeah. hardly, hardly in it. But it's it's just weird to me as somebody who has such a robust filmography that he ends up, you know, yeah. kind of not not getting credited. So, yeah. Probably forgot to sign the form. Yeah. <laughs> like, do we really have to pay him? I mean, that happens. There's yeah, a release no. form. Yeah. Yep. Hashtag yep. justice for Collins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now we've got this moment where uh, Steve makes his appearance. Uh, we finally get to see kind of his full body. And we realize, you know, those pants, 
they're they're a little short on him now. So <laughs> if anything, we know that they might stretch, but they don't grow in length. <laughs> it was so silly. Uh-huh. So silly. That's great. Yeah, it's. I I don't think I even uh, noticed that until now. <laughs> that he's, he's got like six inches of ankle underneath. Uh-huh. It's like it's like when my kids have a growth spurt, and all of a sudden on on over Christmas break, they look like they poked out of all their clothes. Um, <laughs> it, but he is so great. I love this part, and I love this minute when he is uh, saves Haley. And well, it's like a question mark saves her. Was he was he mansplaining her shot? <laughs> he, was, he knocks her out of the way of the of the oncoming car. She's like, "I had it," and he's uh, and then it, this begins a string of apologies from him. Where he's like, "Sorry, sorry, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I got this crazy big body now. I don't know where anything is." Um, and then as he's running, he's running, and he's sort of like clap, clap, clap. You know, he's really seems uncoordinated. And then he's like, "Wait a minute." This body can go fast. And then all of a sudden, he's doing like the bladed hands and he's like really, really cooking. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, e- no even, even if she would have made her shot, she still would have gotten hit by that car. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah 100%. So he saved her. Yeah. Which I think she knows. Mm-hmm. You know, but she, she would have killed the dude. That's what she's upset about. Yeah. That he messed her, he messed everything up. Um, this is uh, presumably Kelly Dent playing Peggy's stunt double. And uh, I, again, I'm not sure if this particular stretch of street was shot in L.A. or in England. But Mike Lambert plays Chris's stunt double um, in when they're filming in the U.K. And Adam Hart plays his stunt double when they're filming in L.A. So one of the two of them presumably is the person doing the tackling in this particular moment. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, a tackle seems very simple, but you can definitely hurt, like, your ankle or your wrist doing something as simple as that. And if you can have a stunt person do it, then just do it, because they can't, you're not going to tell. They don't even have wrists. Yeah, they don't. (laughs) Well, and, uh, you know, also, I mean, when you're wearing skin-tight clothing like that, too, like, it's so much harder to hide the the padding and stuff that they can, they have stunt wear, stunt performers wearing to to protect themselves when they are throwing themselves on the ground or whatever the case may be. That's why women stunt people have it the hardest because usually they're 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 um they're replicating someone who is wearing very little clothing where you can't hide pads. Yeah, and in this case, it's Steve who's who's wearing very little, and so I mean, yeah, they they just have to be careful and protect the the actors to make sure that they are okay. And a lot of the times that you've got, depending on the stunt, you've got different people who have different specialties, or you just rotate them around because they get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. All right, so we already talked about um, uh, a little bit about this whole thing with Steve running and how he realizes that he's strong now and runs faster. And I think that they really play this element up nicely, the way that they figure it out with Steve and what he can do and how he's doing it and how they capture it on film. I love that shot where the camera is trucking um, away from him and he's kind of running, but he, he realizes how he can go faster and the way that that changes. I, I think that's fun to see them do throughout the film about how, you know, everybody's running fast, but somehow Steve, Steve still runs faster. It's, it's cool the way that they play that up. 
Yeah, it, it's always fun when you see a superhero like realizing that their their abilities that they can kind of open them up and and kind of like pushing their limits and detecting what they're actually capable of doing. Yeah, right. But there's still that sense of fun, and there's still that sense mm-hmm. of comedy with all of it of him like apologizing, and he's like. Barreling into things and people <laughs> be like, "Sorry, like, oops, oops, I can't stop my body. I, I don't know what I don't know." That's the kind of stuff that you would hope that we would do if we were in that situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he's it, one of yeah. us at that point, yeah. right? Yeah, because he's trying to track this car, uh, this cab that Kruger stole as he's running and and he's trying to turn. And it's, it's such a fun moment because he turns uh, as he sees that Kruger had turned and he can't control himself. And the moment we're talking mm-hmm. about is when he crashes through uh, the windows, kind of the display in Audrey's bridal wear and uh, kind of takes out uh, the, the gowns and everything. And then he runs out. <laughs> sorry, sorry. As he kind of takes off again. It's right. It, as he's actually. Accidentally wearing a gown or something like that—that that would be—that would have been funny. <laughs> that would have—that's yeah. That definitely has happened in other, um, <laughs> usually cartoons. But yeah, that's a a totally movie, something that would just would have happened, right? Um, all of this stuff plays really well. It it works exceptionally well to kind of see all of this. The one thing that I always am struck with is how lucky. Um, Steve is that Kruger seems to be driving always exactly the right places for Steve to be following him. Like Kruger turns and is moving away from Steve at the point he crashes through the bridalware window. Um, and so then he jumps out and he takes off again and uh, I don't know, goes down another alley of some sort only to see that Kruger has now kind of doubled back and is actually passing in front of him at this chain link fence. It's very convenient. It's very convenient. But I guess we need it, right? We do. We do. Yeah. Uh, I Just re-watching this, you think about, like, how diligent... Because it looks like he, he's where he is totally barefoot yeah. mm-hmm. in almost every single one of these shots. I imagine for shots that don't show his feet that they probably swapped out with some sort of shoe. But just imagine having to make sure that... All the streets and everywhere he had to run were just free of anything that could totally just cut into his feet. Well, especially after he jumps back out of the bridalware store, yeah, right? Because yeah. they've got the glass all over the ground. Again, it's not real glass, but still, like, that's the sort of stuff you still don't want to step on. It still kind of can hurt. It's like stepping on Legos, right? Yeah, it, it was probably all rubber. Yeah. Um, on uh, Yeah, like the big cascade of, of shards on the ground were probably just all rubber. Yeah. It does make me wonder, like, do they have something for actors like they can put like a a skin, uh, like a, a something that they put on the bottom of their foot that sticks to their mm-hmm. foot. It gives them a little more grip because, again, it's all wet everywhere, too. You know, they've clearly yeah. hosed the set down. Uh, do they have something on there that just helps provide a little more grip that we're not seeing when we see his feet, but yeah. it still provides that traction for him? Honestly, like they've transmogrified his body so much already in this. I would not be surprised if they just replaced his feet, that they gave him a very light skin colored shoe so he could <laughs> actually run full out because you could totally hurt your feet running this fast yeah. on streets, even if even if everything was like swept down that it might just be more practical to digitally replace his feet on the uh, the shots where he's running full out. 
Yeah, that's possible. They, I mean, they're they're definitely doing digital stuff through these shots anyway because of some of the backgrounds and whatnot. But uh, yeah. so I wouldn't be surprised. Although the feet move so fast, I imagine that would be very difficult to digitally have to do that. Mm-hmm. But still, maybe that gives them a little more leeway where it doesn't have to necessarily be perfect when they're doing it. So, yeah. and who knows? Maybe there's shoes that are are painted to look like feet, you know. Yeah. And so it it could be one of those things. But I yeah, don't know, the it, way- he could have had. He, it's always one of those questions of of what is economically the best way it's not it doesn't mean that shooting in his normal feet seemed like the cheapest route but him getting injured feet would actually be the most expensive um course of action like digitally replacing his feet might actually be cheaper than the alternative of him being out for a week or not being able to walk uh because of a foot injury yeah. So some sometimes the cheapest thing actually is to to go above and beyond and digitally replace his feet. Yeah, right, right. It would be hilarious though if like in some planet Hollywood somewhere it's like these are Chris Evans foot <laughs> shoes. They look exactly like his feet, but they're shoes. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be the sort of thing that would be in a planet Hollywood somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, the the shot of him going through the window, if you if you freeze frame it, you can tell that it is his stunt double there. Again, the great work that these stunt people do, like having to throw themselves through. I mean, obviously it's not a real window, but still throwing yourself through that and everything. I mean, it's it's a lot of work, and they they you know put themselves through quite a bit to make these things look great. And so, uh, kudos to him for the work that he does there. Okay, so I don't, I don't know if 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 googling is allowed, but I've got an answer on the uh, on the feet. Ooh, you looked it up. Uh huh. Nice. Chris Evans wore fake foot shoes. Okay, they, there it is. <laughs> uh huh. That don't look that don't look anything. They look full on like shoes, um, but they they look like feet, and so um, they probably digitally altered them when you could see that they weren't real feet, but probably for the very fast moving stuff, um, they kept what he was wearing. So yeah, they're basically fake feet, fake feet shoes. So now look up what planet Hollywood they're in. Yeah, exactly. But they're not, they don't look thin. They look like full on like boot sized, like him not moving. They look full on like boots. I'm looking at them now. They are, (laughs) they look slightly mutant they look a little creepy mm-hmm. yeah oh i see them they're gross <laughs> oh they uh, look like serial killer feet they really look weird we'll put a link in the show notes to these things so everyone can oh, check them out i can't they believe are... you made me look at that ew yeah so so weirdly creepy <laughs> yeah so that's a thing so that is a thing for all of you who really wanted to dig deep, now you now you have that to think about. I hate it. <laughs> You're haunt, haunt your dreams at night. <laughs> One other thing that I want to talk about this is the, this is a scene where we really get a sense of the set that they're filming on. It's not this this whole street. In this neighborhood in Brooklyn that they're filming in, you really get a sense of the set when you're looking. Again, they they do this whole thing in a way where you don't even see it as you watch the movie. But when you start really paying attention to it, you start really pointing it out. So I'm going to jump all the way back to when we first come into Brooklyn in this particular scene. We see the Brooklyn Street location. We see the boys playing stickball. They are right in front of a hardware store. There's a wholesale flag store, and there is Cohen's Outfitters. And as Steve is driving with Peggy, he points out an alley where you see a gunsmith. He says, that was the alley I was beat up in, and there's a gunsmith right on the corner. 
When they park in front of the antique shop, this is several minutes later, so presumably they've driven a while, we see the exact same spot where they were playing stickball. These boys were playing stickball, except that the hardware store has now been replaced with Romero's bar, and they've put a bunch of awnings on one side of the street. Also, in that first scene, you have the Brooklyn Bridge in the background that has digitally been put in. Um, and in the antique shop shot, there's just a big building back there, which I... I'm assuming is the real way it looks in the, in the UK. Um, as Kruger pulls out, you see the music store there. And, um, and when they crash, you do see some different stores. There's like a billiard parlor and a Broussard's, um, and then a grocery store as he's driving. But as Steve starts running around to chase, uh, Kruger, Interestingly, he passes the antique shop again, but now it's a, it's different. It's an empty store. It's all boarded up. And then as he goes through the alley and rounds the corner, you see hands, Han Importers on one side of the street. I have to think that Han Importers is perhaps a little nod to Joe Johnston's uh, background with the Star Wars films. But you again see the wholesale flags in the hardware store. So weirdly, we're like right back to where we started. They just changed some things in the background. And the gunsmith sign is there again. So again, this is the magic of the movies. This is the fact that you can have somebody go down an alley, cut to a different shot. It can be the exact same location, but the way that you move the camera and come into it, you make it feel like it's a different thing. And so I, I find it so interesting. And again, I don't know how much of this was filmed on the New York Street in the Universal Studios backlot, how much of this was filmed on Dale, Dale Street in London. But the way that it plays out, like until you really start like paying attention to these things, you never notice that any of this stuff is happening. It's, uh, I mean, it's very exceptional the way that they cut all this together. Did either of you notice any of this or is this the stuff that like, oh, well, now that, now that you've talked about it, I'll never not see it, but it's, I would never have noticed it otherwise. Yeah, no, the the illusion uh, totally worked for me. And it's, and it's one of those things to where uh, it's not accidental. They really do work hard to make sure that they pull something like this off with pre-visualization and just discussing with the art department. Okay, so we're going to be moved we're going to be reusing this direction right here, so we're going to have to change the background here just to make it seem like it's one continuous constantly moving. It's like one continuous city rather than us reusing all these elements. I love the idea of like especially when you get to go to Universal Studios and see the, like, New York Street and all the streets and, like, just the idea of, like, like in Back to the Future, you really see it, too, when they're dressing the set for, um, you know, Hill Valley as it is and Hill Valley as it was and Hill Valley as it will be. Like, I, I just love to, to see that stuff and how uh, successful it can be with uh, changing the signs and the things in the window. It's, it's, it's movie magic. And I love it. Hill Valley when the gremlins are running around. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's very true. I mean, it's it's it is fun, like the magic of the movies and the way that filmmakers put it together, where you're just not even noticing. And I think it's I think it's great to see. Um, I don't have anything else with this minute. Do either of you have any last thoughts with things going on here? Just that I I hope Captain America makes it over that fence because it just ends right there. And gosh. Can you imagine what happens if he couldn't get over that fence? Like, there would be no more movies. <laughs> Kruger would make off with the super soldier serum. Red Skull would have a whole bunch of super soldiers. And, uh, yeah, that would be the end of it. It's a good minute. It's a good minute. Like, the, this was a whole 
five good minutes of, of like really exciting stuff. Yeah, you picked a good set here. Um, so one last thing we like asking our guests, what would you say is your favorite Captain America moment from not necessarily this film, but any of the films? Do you have a favorite moment with Cap? I, I think my favorite in, in terms of the movies has got to be where Peggy Carter almost touches him when he <laughs> comes out of the machine. Like Just from a comedic standpoint, that's so good. Yeah. I like I love the moment in Endgame uh, where we see the hammer fly and then it's like Steve's got it. I just like oh I when I saw that mm-hmm. in here like I got chills and like then then they immediately hit it with the comedy where Thor's like I knew it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh, and then he's you know you have the little one. It's so good. Yeah. And even though it's so cheesy when he's like Avengers assemble i'm like oh we can't hear you what did you say (laughs) so good that's right after thor gives everyone his powers right he says i'm gonna grant you Uh all the power of thor just for this fight i think yes i think that was in the outtakes so good (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh yes it is a great moment um i love it um good stuff all right well i you know i've had a great time this week obviously i'm sure pete is uh disappointed he wasn't able to join you both on the conversation but you know we had a great time and you know we were protecting pete from his uh the needle phobia that he was suffering Mm -hmm. so it's really for pete Uh, but uh you know you know he'll get over his covid and be back soon i'm sure so um Thank you both. Uh, remind everybody again where they can tune in to your show and what it's all about. Well, our, our podcast, the most excellent 80s movies podcast, is that uh, you can find it wherever fine podcasts are served. Um, yeah, it's just Chrissy and I and usually a guest um, will just talk about movies that we saw as kids um, in the 80s and how we're now revisiting them uh, with our modern adult eyes. And what's held up and what really has not held up. (laughs) What's something that hasn't held up? Oh, boy. Young Guns? Young Guns, for sure. And, like, Weird Science is gross. Yeah, Weird weird Science, I guess, as expected. Um, What else did not hold up? So, a lot of times it's... It's a movie that is really we're still really fond of, but there's maybe a scene or a character or a moment which has not aged well, which has made uh, it uncomfortable. Yeah, Crocodile Dundee is like a fun movie with so many moments where you're just like, mm, no, 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 no. Yeah. Mm. So it, it's as life often is. It's complicated. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's very true. It's it is interesting going back, and sometimes it, you have to kind of like close off your brain and go, okay, I have to just, I'm going to have to just look at this as a relic from that period, enjoy it for what it is, but acknowledge that that stuff's there, and you know. It's, and then there are hard. some things that are timeless, like you know, like Die Hard works. It just still works. And like, you know, the Princess Bride will never not work. Yeah. The Princess Bride doesn't have any three letter F words like Bill and Ted's does. It's like, oh, yeah, perfect movie except for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The Princess Bride is is still perfect, as is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's still definitely some absolutely perfect stuff, uh, films out there. So, And you guys are covering so many of them. Uh, I've had the privilege of joining you on a few of the shows. I think three now. Um, 
always fun. It's always fun to jump in and, and talk with you about that. So everybody check out the uh, their podcast. It is a fun one to tune into. And uh, I will be back here next week with a new slate of guests talking about minutes 41 through 45. So uh, until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Spread the News by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm, and if your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, consider doing that for this show.